Good afternoon, everybody. This is David Varen with another episode of Percussion Beginnings. So, I'm actually doing the season three of Concert Snare Drum, but we're actually in the tail end of spring and summer is approaching. And of course, with summer is marching season, so I'd like to do a little spinoff and maybe a season 2.5-ish, maybe 2.14, I don't know. But I just want to talk about drum lines. This isn't really, this is what you need to know as a percussion major, but it's not within the framework of the basic four, but I just think that it's very relevant to what's going to be coming up. So let's talk about drum lines. Um, I love drum lines. That's how I started getting into music. That's um, how really I understand music is from a very competitive thing because show style drum lines are very competitive. And so the whole idea of auditioning is not very foreign to me because it's just that same rush in another form. So drum lines, um, what are they? How do you get started? And what are things that will really kind of help you to be a an effective drum line? So drum lines, of course, as we know, are a combination of many percussion instruments playing together. Typically, you have in show style bands, you can have any kind of any kind of combination, but you typically have marching snares, you have bass drums, you have cymbals. Now, some students—not students, I'm sorry—some students <laughs> said students again. I'm sorry. Some programs have what's called single tenor drums, and believe it or not, there's some debate as far as whether or not these are genuine drums and historically the answer is yes even in earlier core they course they had single tenor drums and the reason why we have what we call quads now or quints or things like that is because those are actually multiple tenors and so now a lot of core drum lines call them multi-tenors because at first it started with one single tenor drum then sometimes you had to, then there was actually a, a really big point in history for about a decade or so, maybe even longer, uh, where they, there were three, there were trios. And then around, my guess would be around the 80s is when boom, four, really became the standard. And then uh, I'd say late 90s, early 2000s is when they added the Spock drum for the quints and then hexans. And so, you know, there's just any kind of things. So now around this time of current events, quads are actually kind of outdated, but still they're not totally unacceptable. But typically you would want to have at the very least quints, uh, five drums, which would be the four drums and then the Spock drum in the middle front, so to speak. so some drum lines do have quints, some don't. Normally if they don't have quints, then they're going to be having the monotone bass drums and they're going to have tenor drums. Now if they don't have tenors, then usually it's going to be tonals and quints because the tonals are actually going to be that color and the, the filler ends of the space. So that's what that is. now. Um, and I think I said symbols, but symbols, yes. Now we're going to be talking about this from primarily a show band perspective because, um, I just want to talk about it from that perspective. 
I'm probably gonna go into talk about Korra a little bit, but not that much. So let's talk about show style drumlines. Let's be honest. A lot of times, fundamentals in lots of programs are not enforced. And that is very, very, very sad because we're still playing or we're still engaging in the craft of percussion. So I don't think that, in fact, I know for a fact that just because show style band is a different approach to playing, that does not mean that the fundamentals change. It doesn't matter what style you play, the fundamentals of having clean attacks, having proper stick heights, having uh, proper technique, that's across the board. Now, which specific technique you use, that's uh, up for debate. So I'd like to first start off with every single drum line must have a proper exercise pack. Now, an exercise pack is something that will develop the player's skills. And these are things that should be done every single day at the beginning of every single sectional rehearsal. Um, these should be memorized as soon as possible by every single person. These should be perfected by every single person that's in the, that's in the section because this is the foundation for your sound. This is the foundation for your approach. This is the foundation for your technique. And every single thing you do must revolve around this. So the questions that you have to ask yourself are, number one, how do we as a section hold our sticks? And that goes from the basses to the multi-tenors to the tenors to the even holding the cymbals to the snare drums. And so a lot of times we think about technique with just snare drum, but it's critical all across the line for everyone to be on the same page as far as here is how we hold our sticks. There are some drum lines that are very good whose techniques I love. There are some drum lines who are very good whose techniques that I don't love. Um, I've talked a lot about Jackson State. I love their drum line. I do not love the way that their tenor drums and their bass drums hold the mallets because it's very loose. I do not like very loose technique. I like firmer techniques and so, but they're doing something right because they always have people come and everybody does it the exact same way. So again, that goes back to every single method just because it's different doesn't mean that it's wrong. And again, it should be universally applied across the board. So how do you hold your, um, uh, bass drum mallets. How do you hold your tenor mallets? How do you hold the cymbals? How do you hold the sticks? And that's number one. Number two is how do you strike the drum? So there should be a certain way that you get the sound out of the drum that embodies the sound that you want for your line to be known for. So if you are wanting to be known for being a powerful line, then you have to have a certain way that everybody is striking the drum to get a powerful sound out of the drum. You should be having proper heads that are designed for power because some are designed for power, some are designed for finesse, and you need to know which ones are which. Uh, you need to know, um, have a very good command on stick heights because with snare drum, if you're not careful, 
if you're only using the wrist technique, then you'll, you may sacrifice power. So you need to know how to use the proper velocity while still using your wrist. And it can be done. There are a very um, great deal of um, drum lines that, that do use only their wrist but get some great power and they do it very well. So again, how do you strike the drum? Symbols, how do you crash them? How do you do your, um, what we call them chicks, is when you put the hi-hats or when you put the cymbals together. Some people do it to where they do it, they do the chick and then they bring them down just for visual. Some people just keep them to the chest. You have to know exactly what is it that you want for the line to do to get the sound out of every single instrument. Tenors, I'm sorry, multi-tenors, typically you should be playing at the edge of the head because that's where you get it. You're not like snare drum where you're playing in the middle. You're actually going to be playing at the edge of the head to get that ring and those overtones that you that's what you want. But um, how are you approaching sweeps on the tenors? How are you approaching your singles? How are you... Um, uh, and so that's what these things are done. So how do you strike the drum? Number three... Stick height, stick height, stick height. You must have a clear understanding of every single stick height and every single person on the drum line must have a proper command of those stick heights at all times. So they should know exactly when they should be doing what stick height at what time and it should be immediate. So number one, um, had a whole... Um, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, those are three. I'm sorry. Those are four things. I, I didn't want to say them out of order because I think number one was how to hold the sticks and then how to strike the drum and then uh, how to get the sound. But I feel like there was one thing that I was missing. So um, another thing as far as uh, your overall presence is you must have everything. Well, we talked about visually things, so we, no, that's not really necessary. But just to get started, that exercise pack should reinforce every single approach that you're doing and you're never doing anything that deviates from the system that you have in place and so every single time that you strap up we call strap up means putting on your drum every time you strap up you should be going down a list of exercises that number one gets everybody ready gets them ready to listen to one another Eight on the hand, of course, and then you have bucks, which works on accents and taps because that's a huge thing. Then you have roll exercises, then you have motion control exercises where you're going from eighth notes to sixteenth notes to triplets to sextuplets, and then you're just doing all kinds of variations with that because you need to know how to switch motion or hand motion together. All of these things are things that should be in your exercise pack, and so. If you have a drum line and you don't have an exercise pack, you need to start one immediately because that's going to be um, foundational principle number one to get structure within your drum line. So if you've ever watched a drum line that just looks like they've got it together and you're just wondering, wow, what are they doing that, they're, that we're not? Number one, they probably have an exercise pack that everyone knows and goes through and they're implementing it for their sound. Now, the good news is this. 
the first year is probably going to be tough because everybody's going to be learning it and it's going to be new. However, the more years you have this, you do not change this. So the returning members already know it and understand it and they can teach the, the younger ones. And so that's how you really get that structure going. So it's kind of like a snowball. You know, you start off and then it takes some time to get momentum. But once it really gets momentum, then it's kind of like a well-oiled machine. And that's what you're going for. So number one is the exercise packet. And I have gone over 10 minutes. And so I hope this has been uh, helpful to you. Next time, we're going to be talking about um, different exercise type. Well, we talked about different exercise types, but then we'll talk about maybe things like stretching and then we have to get into, um, cadences. Um, where do you start? We've already talked about cadences, but we're going to talk about them from another perspective. And so I hope that this is going to be, uh, helpful and until next time, happy practicing.